everybody. This is pop culture critic John Tatey welcoming you back to Pop Mom, the smash hit podcast where my mom, <laughs> Bonnie Tatey, shares her view of pop culture, small town life, and the riddles of human nature. On this episode, Mom Reviews Fire, the Netflix documentary about the doomed Fire Music Festival. Let's bring Mom in now. Hi, Mom. Hi, Johnny. How are you? I'm good. I know you're excited to get to our uh, fire chat, but uh, first, once again, we are tardy putting the podcast up. Where have you been? Well, we had such a wonderful time in Chicago. Yes. The weather was balmy, and we were running around in our bathing suits in the backyard. Anyway, I decided to get the flu on the way Uh, home. You think you got it on the way home? Well, I'm still blaming Leo, but... You better not. I can do what I want. Well, you did, in fact, blame the children for a number of days until your doctor told you you had the flu, which nobody here has gotten. So uh, I think, actually, you owe Leo an apology. Well, you know, Leo didn't thank me for wiping his runny nose 40 times. Hmm. In fact, In fact, when I got home... All he said was that he missed Annie Carroll. He wouldn't even say that he missed me. Probably because you owe him an apology and he hasn't gotten it yet. Well, what about my thank you? I don't see what that has to do with anything. Let's not get into both sides-ism here, Mom. This isn't, this isn't politics, Twitter, okay? This is life. There are rules. Well, all right. Well, let's talk about this rule. Let's talk about this rule. Relax. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about this rule. Is that, was that an apology? I didn't. I didn't hear in there. If you wanted I'll to, I'll take it up with Leo. I see. Okay. We don't need you as middleman. <laughs> I have sent Leo an apology banana. So. Okay. Okay. Great. So, mom had the flu, but we're back, and da 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 da. We have our contest winners. We do, but you you don't want to talk about relax. Oh, I, no, not really. What, what, what is that? When the cast threw up and I said, relax, and you said, don't tell me to relax. I don't Do remember, remember that. that. No, I don't remember that. That was my leaving on, on from Chicago in the bitter cold. And I just thought, well, let me get out of here. So we went and stood outside in the sub-zero weather waiting for the lift driver. Christ, you couldn't get out of the house fast enough. You were making me nervous that morning. I I was trying to be helpful. This is this is my thinking. When the cat throws up and somebody says relax, then you may yell, don't tell me to relax. But if somebody oh, says relax good. and they're getting up to clean up the cat after the cat, then you cannot say, don't tell me to relax because the person is saying, relax, I have this. Well, that's not what you said. I said relax. Yeah. Can we talk about the slogan contest winners? God, I don't know. Yes. Why would you have to hash out that relax business? You're because just... I think I have a I think I have a good theory about it. <laughs> you just wanted to get out a moment where you felt like you had been treated unjustly. Oh, I could care less about that. You think I I I shrugged that right off. Boy, that's I I'll let the listeners decide whether you shrugged that right off or not. <laughs> it sure didn't sound that way to me. But can My we, point was about people, the relax, when you can say relax. Yeah, okay. Why don't you relax right. about the relax? Can we do the contest winners for Christ's sake? 
God, we're not even five minutes in and already this podcast is off the rails. Well, I have a lot of pent-up rage to get rid of. Yeah, I know. All right, contest winners. Contest winners. We got a lot of great entries. We really did. It was hard to pick. One did stand out as the winner. Why don't we go straight to the runners-up? You named two runners-up here. These came so close to being the new slogan for Pop Mom. That was the contest. Come up with a slogan for Pop Mom that perhaps I can read in the intro. And what will the runners-up receive? Well, I I do happen to have two collections of Johnny Cupcake pins. So they could have their choice of that or random other stuff, which includes a mug and some... Well, now, hold on. You have two grand prizes? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Well, so the runner, I think the grand prize winner isn't going to feel too good because they're just getting the same thing in second place. We'll save them for another time. Well, and now the listeners have heard me deprive them of some choice goodies, (laughs) but I think think that's only fair that the grand prize goes to to the winner. That's Uh, true. You're right. You're right. All right. So the runners-up will receive some goodies uh, to be determined. We'll put you in touch with mom via email. Don't worry. She's got, you've got a ton of good stuff there, right, mom? Johnny Cupcakes oh, and otherwise. <laughs> you, oh, you trust, yeah. All trust of me. it I'd love to have myself. <laughs> That's right. Mom knows prizes. She's not going to let you down. So That's right. uh, here's a couple of runners up. Runner up number one, you want to do a drum roll, mom? I can't. Okay, I'll do it. Oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> When you want some quality family time, just not with yours. Woo! Yay! That was from Patrick S. Thank you, Patrick S. Well done. Thank you, Patrick. Okay, you ready for runner-up number two? Yes. Now, I'm reading these, but Mom did select these, just so you know. Yeah, we did. we talked about these all yesterday. Runner-up number two. These are not in any particular order. These are equal runners-up from Katie G., her slogan was, we always talk about something interesting. And isn't that the truth, Mom? It is. It always is. To such a, an extent that when I forgot to say that in the uh, closing, <laughs> which not... A couple of times back, yeah. A couple of times back, there was this groundswell of upset. <laughs> I forgot to... Just throw away. There you go. You. So we always talk about something interesting. That's right. Katie G will we'll be in, in touch via email. And now... For the winner of the 2019 Pop Mom Slogan Contest. Should I do another drum roll? Pop Mom, where culture is relative. It's perfect. This is from Kaz F. Kaz, great job. I said to Mom, if we had paid like a branding company to come up with the slogan, They could not have done better than this. And Kaz did it simply for the price of a set of Johnny Cupcakes pins. Now tell us a little about these pins that Kaz will receive, Mom. If only Gene Wood were here to read the prize copy, but... Oh, I know. And if only I knew, because I have no idea. Because it came as an advent box from Johnny Cupcakes, where you treated yourself to a new pin each day. And I have not opened the box, so I don't know even what's in there. Oh, how exciting. So it's a surprise for everyone, including you, Kaz, the winner of our slogan contest. And where, and where culture is relative is so good. I am going to read that in the intro from time to time. Okay. I can't resist. 
Okay. Um, so, yes, yeah, so Johnny Cupcakes is a uh, wonderful apparel and accessory design company based. You said they were based in Boston, Mom? Newbury yes, Street? they're based in Boston. Their flagship store is in Boston on Newbury Street, and they're hiring right now. They want a store <laughs> manager hey. an event planner, so oh, if you're event. looking for a job. Kaz, you can... You can put winner of uh, Pop Mom slogan contest on your resume if you want to go in and now apply for the job at Johnny Cupcakes. Wow. Right? That's right. Put me down That's as a right. reference. Apparently, apparently, there's quite a bone of contention of people that come into the store looking to buy cupcakes. Oh, I bet. Yeah. You know, 10 years ago when cupcakes were such a fad... Yeah. Um, what What do you think is the new fad now? Hmm. Yeah, that's that's a good question. You know, I'm seeing mochi ice cream pop up at more and more uh, supermarkets. Have you seen this? Oh. The, the freezer of mochi ice cream, but that's not nearly as big as cupcakes were. They were everywhere. Oh, and I remember going to New York and the cupcake truck and yeah, yeah, that had little cupcakes and. Yeah, I mean they were just they were just huge, like they were just invented or something. But I don't know what's <laughs> new. Is, I don't. It know. did feel like that. Like so, we just realized that cupcakes exist all of a sudden. Exist, yeah. <laughs> Surprise. Uh, but let me tell you, you can't beat a good donut. Oh yeah, donuts. They donuts. make some bad ones, though. There are some bad ones. Donuts were big around the turn of the century when Krispy Kreme was uh, delighting everybody. And weren't they though? Yeah, Krispy Kreme almost went bankrupt, and they're just, they're they're too rich, I think. I don't know. I really like a Krispy Kreme. I'll tell you what stinks is Dunkin' Donuts. No, no, yeah. I won't hear it. Yep. I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. They're, they're New England-based, and they used to, used to really, you know, eh, what is it, bake the donuts, fresh donuts every four hours or some bullshit now? Yeah. Now they come in a big truck that probably carried uh, arsenic in it, and they just roll out all the pre-finished donuts. Well, Nothing's gonna, baked fresh. You're going to get a suit. You can't say that the Dunkin' Donuts are poisoned. No, I didn't say they were poisoned. <laughs> but they're not <laughs> even transported strongly in Dunkin' Donuts. as much. Well, that's my opinion. I watch a lot of Dutch shows. You're allowed to say your opinion. You're an expert on 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 slander law now. Because <laughs> you watch the judge shows. <laughs> I'm very good at it. Slander, I mean. Slander, yes, that's right. Now, what do you care how the donuts get to the store? All I care, I care is the trip. Is the trip from the my hand to my mouth? That's the important delivery no. for me. No, it is not. I do not want to see my donuts rolled out on this big, multi-layered thing covered in marginal plastic, hanging down the sides where things can whoop in and whoop out, and you just wheel them in and and tell me here. Here's your delicious Dunkin' Donuts. They're mm. fresh from New York City where we plop them out of a machine. And what a machine it is. <laughs> I want real donuts. I, I don't want supermarket donuts. I want the donut to make a comeback. <laughs> I don't think the donut went anywhere. I think it did. I do. I think it's hard to find a good donut. I have a question for you. Yeah, go ahead. I know I know we're going to talk a little bit about fire. We're probably going to talk a little bit about fire. But let me just <laughs> ask so. you this, okay? 
Yeah. One of your siblings had a friend come over and they had a bit too much to drink and urinated mm-hmm. around and in, I guess, his cat's litter box. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So many, so many things wrong with that. But what would you, what would your reaction be to that? <laughs> if a friend of mine peed in the cat's litter box? Uh, um, uh, and around it. And around it. Ugh. You know, like not even an accurate target. I don't know. What kind of question is this? I would be disgusted. How else could you react? Would you say anything to your friend? <laughs> yes. Well, what would you say? Get out. Would go you... home. <laughs> you... Oh, no, but you didn't find it till after they left. Oh, I see. Um, yes, I would say something. I would say, did you piss in my cat's litter box? I think that would be would the you, thing to say. Would you say it that nicely? <laughs> um, I think my attitude would be one more of bewilderment than uh, anger. But you're the one that has to clean it up. Yeah. So what I'd do you what mad. do you want from I'd me? I'd be mad. <laughs> I would be so mad. I would have to say, you know, wow, you know, thanks. Thanks for returning my hospitality in in such a disgusting, crappy way. I guess that's not a good, but you know, thank I, I would never have that person to my house well, again. As as you stumbled into there, at least they didn't crap in the litter box. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So I might say thank you. I would say also get yourself to AA. You obviously have a problem if you're forty years old and you can't find the toilet then you have a problem (laughs) yeah again i have had a couple of days in bed more than a couple of days in bed so i have a lot of angry things to say i so i can i can tell um shall we direct that energy elsewhere all right you ready to talk about fire mom yeah okay the aborted fire festival of 2017 was an epic mess Hundreds of guests paid thousands of dollars to attend a days-long party on a private island with entertainment provided by some of the biggest names in music. Except what they really got was a half-finished tent city filled with soaking wet mattresses and, by the way, no way to get back home. Fire Festival was such a delicious disaster that it apparently required two glossy documentaries, Fire Fraud on Hulu and the eponymous Fire on Netflix. For no particular reason, Mom and I chose to review the latter. Here's a clip. I started talking to Billy, and from the get-go was, you know, we're all running around scrambling every day to find new houses. We need help from you guys. Start to cut people. These people aren't paying for the experience. Tell them not to come. And it was a constant battle because what they cared most about was the influencers. So I'm imploring them to cancel paying guests at this point. You know, they're not gonna have a place to stay. And the response from Billy was, we're not a problems-focused group. We're a solutions-oriented group. We need to have a positive attitude about this. We need to have a good attitude. And he was unflappable, but he was also entirely delusional. So it was this constant battle in, in my mind between, is this guy a genius or is he a madman? 
because he just would not take no for an answer and he would not take advice. And where do you land now? He's a liar. Fire is streaming on Netflix. That's fire with a Y. Mom, did this movie leave you fired up? Well, it certainly left me with a lot of questions. <laughs> yeah. Okay. A lot of questions. So recap, you know, I did a little setup there, but recap okay. the story for as, as you see it. Well, uh, as I see it, it's one man's vision for a fantastic luxury event happening in a beautiful spot, concert with beautiful housing and food and uh, boating and beautiful people, you know, something that uh, is, is, is a dream. It was his dream, and it flopped terribly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Flop is an understatement, but it, yes. It's just such an understatement. It didn't, but, it didn't have a chance to flop. It never really existed. But yes, it, you, exactly. But this is, what, this is my very first question. Is it like a giant Ponzi scheme? Yes. Okay. So now, now I'm settled as to where I am on this. Except, Mom, except that a Ponzi scheme implies that the person at the top is aware of the fraud. Um, do you know what I mean? But this guy... Uh, oh, come on. I mean, he knew it was a fraud, but I, th I think he really wanted to put on this festival, right? And he just thought if he kept stringing people along and kept getting investors to pour millions of dollars into this. And they did. <laughs> and they did. Into this insane project um, that he could that he could bring it to fruition. Like, I just don't think that's uh, I, the. I, I'm going to have to disagree with you yeah. in this respect. Go ahead. He started off by buying an island on which to have this event, an island, which is like saying your backyard because there's no plumbing, there's no facilities, yeah. there's no hotel, there's no nothing. There's just a place to put your two feet. But other than that, there's nothing else. There's nowhere to um, ingest food. There's nowhere to lay your head. There's nowhere to take a shower or poop or anything. There's nothing. You know, it's just, it was, it was so absurd. What I don't understand is how so many people got involved. It just reminds me of that. It reminds me of that game that you used to play on the computer where the thing rolls and picks up everything that it rolls over. <laughs> Katamari Damashi. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Everybody's just sucked into this idea and... With with people standing on the side throwing money at it, and it's just going nowhere. Amazing image. Yes, <laughs> that's right. But here's the thing, Mom. Why did he buy the island? Like, if it if it was a total fraud, like, why did he go to all this trouble? I think I love the Katamari image because he just kept rolling stuff up, and he just felt that if he kept rolling long enough, it would turn into a star, right? which is I'm overextending yeah. the Katamari metaphor. That's what happens in the game. And I okay. think he just he just thought that if he kept rolling up more millions, that eventually this festival would happen, you know, and I think don't get me wrong. He's a fraudster. He's a bad guy. Um, oh, he's, he's, oh he's, he proved that he proved that because he ended up going to jail. Yeah, well, yeah, 
Um, the guy's name is Billy McFarland. I don't know if we mentioned that. He was the head of uh, Fire Media, which, by the way, like was supposed to be this booking talent booking platform. It was supposed to be this platform where you could book famous acts for like $500,000 to play at your birthday party or what have you. Wait, wait, and, that was his credit card. No, 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 that, um, no. the Magnesis. So he had this uh, previous venture, Magnesis, um, that was this like card that could get you into special events. Total, okay. total horse crap. And then Fire, the Fire Company was going to be like this app where you could book talent. And the Fire Festival was originally, ostensibly, sort of a promotional event to, you know, inject the Fire brand into this, um, okay. into this world. <sighs> I mean, even to describe it all, there's so many, there's so many levels of horseshit here, right? <laughs> exactly. The the, prom, the promo thing, which was fabricated with these models and. I just want to know, did anybody get paid? Did anybody, or was it just everybody lost money? I think everybody lost money. I think everybody did. I mean, I feel worse for all those workers. Oh, I felt so sorry for the woman that, was it a woman at the hotel? Or uh, she, had a she restaurant? owned a restaurant. Yes. Uh, the, uh, the, her story is heartbreaking. She was she was put through the ringer of a lifetime trying to accommodate first the incredibly haphazard workforce that they set up in this island in the Bahamas to try to pull this inane festival together. This poor woman has been feeding an army of workers for months and she's had to bring on people and she's just out all of that wiped her out. Yep. Wiped her out. That was the saddest to me. And 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 I, I'm sorry. I, I believe this Billy knew exactly what he was doing. Because even when he went to prison and got out, he started up another enterprise. That was the most amazing. So, yeah, he's out on bail. And he starts up another fraud. Selling... Um, you know, VIP tickets to to luxury events, sports, <laughs> award shows, right? But mom, ridiculous. He's he was using the mailing list from the fire festival, right. right, to reach right. out to these people. And I'm thinking, what about the people on the other end? Now, granted, they don't know that these you know solicits are coming from the fire festival people, right? They don't know, right? But still, like. You've just been defrauded. You've just had this terrible, terrible experience. And he took in hundreds of thousands of dollars with this new ticket fraud he put together. I'm just thinking, are these people ever going to learn their lesson? I mean, I guess that question has been asked and answered. But it was crazy to me that anybody would fall for this email scam after what they just went through, one of the after most what they just came through, <sighs> especially the people that actually went to the Bahamas right, and right. stood at the airport and couldn't get home. Oh. I just I mean, I just can't imagine. Think of all those suitcases packed with pot and and all kinds of drugs and just sitting mm. there in the Bahamas and they can't even go home with it. Also, let me just say this. Yeah, please. This is the only way I could console myself. 
I told myself that they were all Trump supporters. <laughs> that was the only way I could calm myself down. Just dumb, 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 dumb people. Now, Mom, you know we've got a huge Trump contingent in our listener base, so you're really pissing a lot of people off. Oh, <laughs> I don't think we have too many. But okay. <laughs> okay. In any case, Trump supporters or not, I'm sure there were plenty of decent, good <laughs> people who were who were defrauded by this. But again, like I do feel like they can take the hit, right? The real tragedy is the workers and the right. restaurant owner and people like that who cannot afford yeah. to take this kind of hit. The That's one right. saving grace was that you know, however you chose to envision them, you didn't have to feel that sorry for most of the attendees. Although I just yeah. still feel sorry for them because what a traumatic experience. Well, and I also thought it was a very interesting view on people in that they said when they got there and realized there were no uh, luxury hotels, just these tents, that they started to vandalize them because they didn't want people so yeah. close to them. And so they were urinating on them and, and stabbing oh, at I them. Know. And what does that say about humanity? Uh, yeah, I mean, and what did that accomplish? Like, oh, now there's nobody in the tent next to us. So now this is a sweet deal, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we still have nothing. But uh, I'm not getting it, you know? It's hard to tell if people are going to behave when they lose all context. And that's what happened here, right? Like, they had the context of of an organized, luxurious music festival. And what they ended up is on an island. And, yeah, there's a Sandals Resort down the street, (laughs) I guess. (laughs) But, you know, there's it's just wilderness, basically, where they are. It's just, like, concrete. But there's nothing there. Um, so you lose all context. I understand it, but I have to hope, and it's just hope, because I don't know, but I have to hope that I would not be one of the people who was slashing other tents just so I could have more. Yeah, uh, yeah that was crazy. Exactly. And, and really, you. To, this is only an hour and a half. This is a short little documentary, mm-hmm. and it's worth your time to watch it just to see how uh, you could sell nothing to so many people, and for what reason? Nobody was enriched by this. Nobody. You know, Mom, what the question that lingers with me, it's again about Billy. And Billy is not interviewed for this documentary. He is for the other, for the Hulu one, which I have not seen. But throughout this one, throughout the Netflix movie, people say, I just believed in him. Like, I just believed in the guy, and... You know, he had this energy about him. I just thought he could get it done. Everybody believed in Billy. Everybody loved Billy. That was, it was tough for me to wrap my head around this because we come into this knowing what the guy did. Yeah. Knowing what a disaster it was. And I I try to set that aside and look at him. But mom, every time I look at him, I just, I cannot imagine being sucked in by this guy Because I've met him so many times before, you know, whether it's at the, say, game developers conference, you know, where there's a lot of industry guys, a lot of money splashing around, you know, events like that. I, you know, as a pop culture um, critic, you do end up, you know, sort of brushing up against some of these circles, right? Because it's the entertainment industry. So you meet these people. 
you meet these people who have a website or some app or some venture, and all they are is a shit-eating grin and a baseball cap. Um, yeah. And a little with a good scr- spiel. With the, and with a good spiel. And when I say good spiel, I don't mean a spiel that like a rational person would buy into, but he knows how to speak the language of these upper echelons of business so people encounter him and they think oh oh this guy knows what he's doing just because he speaks the language he knows how to take you out for drinks he knows you know the jokes to make you know he knows all the code right and he knows how to look at you and know what you want Mm, well put he he knows how to look at people he can read them and know this guy will respond to hey let me buy you a drink or, hey, let me, uh, you know, let's go grab a cup of coffee and talk for 15 minutes earnestly. He, he knows how to read, you know, people. He knows how to read people with money, I guess I would refine it right. more. But I think that's a great insight, Mom. I didn't, I feel like I will never completely figure out the riddle of, of Billy. Yeah, uh, it's, it's a total mystery to me as to how it, it got as far as it did. That's all. De- I really think, Mom, decontextualization is, is a big part of it. Because you also had people talking about how, like, they would be two, they were two days away from, and people were still thought, well, Billy will get it done. Like, it was, they fell into this collective delusion because they had no, they were all, they were just out there in the Bahamas and they had no context. And yeah. so I can understand how they got swept up in Billy. Although, what about the whisperer, like Billy's business partner, who's supposed to be yeah. like the responsible guy, the adult, the voice of reason? I think right. that guy made my skin crawl the most of all. Yeah, that's a good point. That's that's a good point. I mean, I don't think we really scraped to the bottom of how it how it no. got to be such a big, how it got so far. You know, um, this happened shortly after my TV show started, 2017, right? So it, oh. was a, it was a story we covered for a few weeks on the TV show. And uh, I remember doing research on the guy, and there was this clip, they used it in the documentary too, of him appearing on CNBC uh, to promote this magnesis venture that we mentioned earlier, the sort of yeah. like um, VIP card. And like, you watch the clip, and he's just... He's so obviously full of shit and nervous and and again I just but I knew right so I just yeah. I really wonder like if I had seen that clip I don't know why I would be watching it but if I had seen that clip you know quote unquote in the wild before any of this happened yeah I feel like I still would have thought that guy was full of shit but I I don't know it's hard to know after the fact <laughs> So what you're saying is you have a shit monitor I have a shit monitor, yes, and um, I feel like it would have been pegged by Billy McFarland had I encountered him, but I I don't know, and that eats at me a little bit. But I'm pretty sure, because like I said, I've met this guy before. Yeah, yeah, and I think that there's a certain age that gets enamored of a yeah. of a person like him. Yeah. Would you say? Yeah. 
That's interesting. And maybe that's why the grown up in the room, the Billy Whisperer character in this documentary bugged me so much because everybody else was, you know, they were 20 somethings. They were excited about working for a startup. Billy said all the right things. I get it. But this guy should have known better. And in fact, um, arrogated himself to the role of one who does know better and did nothing to control him. Yeah. And still, but still in the interviews after the fact, was acting like he was the grown-up in the room. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The other, this is the other thing I ponder. Mm -hmm. I I don't want to really get into this, but so much of it, is it 50-50 ego slash money? Is it more ego than money? Is it more than money? Um, That's something I'm still thinking about. What do you mean? Is it all about, hey, uh, you know, you threw another Woodstock. Is is it ego? Is it is I it see. more about the ego or is it about the money? <clears throat> I see. Whew, that's a tough one. That's a but, tough one, and I'm still thinking about it. You know, I thought one of the most insightful remarks from the people uh, who were interviewed in this documentary was the, I don't even know what his job was, but some sort of producer who worked on the commercial shoot. And he said that was Fire Festival. He said that weekend we spent with those beautiful models yeah. from Instagram and having wonderful drinks. And, and you know, he said that was the festival. Like, Billy threw it for himself, and we yeah. recorded all of it. And, and he wanted it all recorded. Oh, God, he was crazy about that, wasn't he? he yeah. Even, he even wanted them to record the fraud he was committing while he was out on bail. The ticket sale fraud. He was set up the right. cameras. You could tell he got nervous a couple times and, and was just like, maybe this is a bad idea. But he was just to keep those cameras rolling. Yeah. Uh, so maybe, you know, maybe that detail leads me to believe that ego was a huge part in it. And ego, really, yeah. I think money was just a route to a lifestyle that Billy felt he deserved to lead. Yes. Yes. There you go. And, and that's what I think. I think the ego was running that more yeah. than the money. Yeah. Okay, Mom, what is your grade for fire? Well, as far as wanting to take a shower after it, it gets an <laughs> A+. plus. Fair enough. <laughs> How about that? An A-plus for the shower industry. There you go. You have a recommendation for us this week, Mom? I don't. I think maybe you should have a recommendation Okay, this week. I can recommend something. Uh, I have been reading a book, The Making of the Atomic Bomb by Richard Rhodes. That sounds which, scary. It does, but I'll tell you, this is the difference in the experience from buying a book in the bookstore versus getting it, you know, getting the ebook version yeah. uh, on yeah. your Apple or whatnot, is um, this book is a thousand pages. Wow. Um, or, you know, like 900-something pages. Um, yeah. I started reading and not realizing that, and I'm, let's see, I'm probably about 250, 300 pages in, and we haven't even gotten to the bomb. Like, we're barely even oh talking about the bomb yet, because um, it's this methodical and beautiful and heartful, thoughtful history of the individuals who would eventually come together to make this horrible weapon and it's a very it's a famous history it won the pulitzer prize um it won all sorts of awards it's a famous history of the atomic bomb uh it came out something like 25 years ago maybe 30 
it's really exquisite. It makes you think about the nature of science, um, the nature of scientific inquiry, uh, but in a personal way, in a down-to-earth way. If you've never heard of it, if you are at all interested in science, you don't have to be a physicist to read this book. It's excellent. The Making of the Atomic Bomb by Richard Rhodes, Pulitzer Prize winner, National Book Award winner, deserves all the awards. It really is an amazing work. Okay. Okay, that's a recommendation. We took care of our slogan contest winners. I guess that will do it for this week's edition of Pop Mom. Mom and I will be back next week to talk about more pop culture. Well, you know, what should we talk about, Mom? I know. I have the answer. And the answer is something interesting. Something interesting. That sounds good. Hey, thanks, everybody, for listening. If you enjoyed the show, tell your friends. We love you. Mom and I will talk to you again next week, for real this time. Bye for now, Mom. Bye, Johnny. I love you. I love you, too.